0: Welcome to Geek Exploration the podcast, where now you're playing with power. Super power. I'm John Williams. And I'm
1: Ben Robinson. Grab your controllers and plug in your cartridges. Whether you prefer rings or coins, we got you covered. We're talking 16-bit. How are you doing, Ben? Oh, I'm doing reasonably well.
0: Reasonably well. What could be
1: better? Um, more teeth. More teeth? Yeah, I lost a large chunk of tooth yesterday. Oh, shit. Yeah, so that's kind of shitty.
0: Oh man, where was it? Was it like one of your wisdom teeth somewhere in the back? One of my molars, yeah. It it was a filling that
1: had partially fallen out a while, but when I say a while ago, a year ago that yeah. I haven't done anything about. And uh, apparently things have gotten worse because like the whole side of that tooth is gone now. Oh man, does it hurt? It does not, but I, uh, knowing what I know about teeth, it's only a matter of time.
0: That happened to me. My wisdom teeth would start breaking and falling out of my head because I didn't get them removed. And, yeah, there's just a little sharp sensation for a little bit. But one day you start getting migraines.
1: My clock has accelerated on when I need to get this shit fixed. So I'm I'm currently orchestrating a trip to Mexico. I got to up my passport, though.
0: Oh, that's why you were talking about that, huh? Yep. Yeah.
1: I'm uh, looking to go to a Mexican dentist and get my teeth fixed on the
0: cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Do do you even have uh, dental insurance up here? I do not. Oh, okay. Yeah. I do, and it doesn't do much good. No. And there's a place
1: uh, just outside of Yuma on the other side of the border that my parents have gone a few times where it is way cheaper and uh, super nice and professional. Yeah. And everything looks above board, so I'm going to shoot out Mexico way.
0: Yeah, they've got good things to say about
1: that. Yeah, I looked up. They have a price list online, which is kind of nice. So a, a crown is only a hundred and eighty dollars. Neat, as opposed to like fifteen hundred.
0: Yeah, I think after insurance, I paid like eight hundred bucks for one. Yeah. just recently. That's actually what killed my uh, my Christmas vacation. That was great. Aww. You should have taken a Christmas vacation to Mexico. You can yeah, no solve both those problems <laughs> at once. Yeah, stabbing for free.
1: Well, I think they keep that part of Mexico kind of nice because uh, of all
0: the dental tourists. All right, I'll I'll take your word for it, because otherwise I was about to venture into offensive territory. <laughs> I don't think I need to piss off Mexico here, uh, but and, and I'm sure Tijuana doesn't uh, doesn't represent Mexico very well. <laughs> That's the only Mexico <laughs> well, Mexico I know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we are back after a couple weeks taking a little break from video games. We talked about booze. We talked about a little art house flick about some superheroes, and we are back to pick up where we left off. This is number three in our epic video game quest, where we are talking about 16-bit video games. So we'll cover mostly Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo, the, the big two. Yeah, those are the only two I have any real experience with. The TurboGrafx-16 did not
1: play a big role in my childhood, or my adulthood, any part of my life at all.
0: Any, any lifehood. Yeah, so the TurboGrafx-16, uh, that was by NEC Home Electronics, and it came out in 1987. And that's fucking early, uh, as far as what we think of 16-bit consoles. But you were telling me something about it earlier.
1: Yeah, it, was, uh, it, was, it had a 16-bit, two 16-bit like, GPU units, but it had an 8-bit processor. So it wasn't fully, it was a bit of a hybrid.
0: Okay, so does that mean the visuals were better, but it couldn't play as well as as later 16-bit systems, or is that uh, vice versa?
1: Kind of. Um, no, yeah, the graphics, it could produce more colors and more, um, you know, more colors, more sprites, more layers. Like The graphics were better, but um, they were pretty limited on how much action and refreshing and stuff they could pack into it, because the CPU was the bottleneck.
0: So it sounds like it was probably similar to, uh, to like the Sega Master System that looked prettier, in my opinion, than the Nintendo stuff, but it still played chunky.
1: It didn't have that silky smoothness. <laughs> Supposedly, it had great sound because it used like small actual audio- recorded audio samples, wave sampling. Yeah. But like I said, never played one. I have no idea. It was made to compete with the NES or technically the Famicom in Japan.
0: Yeah, they must have just come in onto the scene and they're like, "Oh shit, we've got some better stuff. Come our way." But they didn't actually have the game support to back it up. I think they had like Rygar. Oh, wow. And That's I think they game. had like a like a game called like Xenophobe or Xeno something. I remember seeing the uh Xenophobe's the Xenophobe game on uh yeah, I remember seeing it on the back of comic books. And they had a they had a paperboy as well. Oh, wait a minute. I think with Rygar I'm thinking of the Lynx, that handheld system. Oh, the Atari Lynx. Yeah.
1: Well, I think the back of comic books is the extent of my experience with the tur- TurboGrafx-16, yeah, yeah. essentially. Like, seeing some ads for it occasionally.
0: That's why we know something called the TurboGrafx-16 actually existed. It was fucking ugly. I know that. Thing looked like garbage. I feel like I may have played it in, like, a Sears once or something. Or maybe that was the, uh, the Atari Jaguar. I can't remember. One of those. So, let's. Uh, where do you want to start? You want to start with the uh, Super Nintendo? Uh well
1: let's start with um let's start with good old Sega Genesis. It was uh the next on the scene. It was the first proper 16-bit yeah. full full-fledged 16-bit system to hit the market and uh technically in North America it hit the market before the TurboGrafx 16.
0: Really? Yep. Like a week before. Oh shit, I thought it launched in Japan in in 88. It did launch in
1: Japan in 88. Oh, but it launched in the US in in 89. Along with the uh, the Torgraph sixteen, also launched in eighty nine. Oh, are you North sure? Because I had it at eighty seven. It was eighty-seven in Japan. ha. <laughs> the Japanese get all the cool shit first.
0: No shit, I remember that growing up hearing about the the latest Nintendo stuff, or like in the PlayStation days, especially. I remember them getting games way before us, like the Final Fantasies and shit that everyone was talking about.
1: Well, yeah, like I'll bring it up later because it's a great game. But Final Fantasy two in North America was technically Final Fantasy four in Japan. Yep, like we missed out on. Yeah, two we skipped old Final a couple Fantasies.
0: Well, yeah, so the Genesis in uh, 1988 in Japan, 89 in America. This is something that is going to be a recurring theme throughout our video game journey. Sega goes ahead and releases something that is revolutionary, you know, does something first, but is quickly overshadowed by something (laughs) else. Um, In this case, they were overshadowed by the launch of the game we spoke about in our last episode, Super Mario Brothers 3. Which really sucks, because, I mean, well, I guess I can't super blame them. Mario 3 was a was a great game. But, man, poor Genesis. I feel so bad for them, and, and this, this will come up again and again throughout our uh, our journey, that I feel so awful for them that they, they go ahead and they do things first. And I don't feel like they were just being hasty and pushing shit out. But no, they just uh, they do it, and then somebody comes along and does something a little better. The Genesis ran from 1989 to 1997. Technically, in the U.S., it was called the Sega Genesis. Worldwide, it was called the Mega Drive. It was also known as Super Game Boy. Super Game Boy. Yep. And in uh, in South Korea, it was known as Super Aladdin Boy. Interesting. Yeah. Super Aladdin. Why the what? What is this thing with boy? I don't know.
1: Because I mean, the Game Boy came out. Yeah. That, like that makes sense because it's uh, a game console but gam boy
0: yeah yeah gam (laughs) boy is really bizarre where was that at i do not know where the gam boy was but uh south korea had the super aladdin boy or maybe you know judging by my notes it may it looks like it may have been known as both super gam boy and super aladdin boy in south korea
1: i wonder if they just misspelled game yeah (laughs) they're like well fuck we've just printed ten thousand of these things yeah i
0: guess it's the super gam boy now You know, I don't have a note on what its cost was. I did not find that. But when it came out, it was marketed as kind of the the cool system. You know, like the more hip and edgier uh, answer to Nintendo. It was edgy
1: and loud. And, you know, Sega was more willing to put uh, questionable content. More gore, more blood than their more conservative uh, competitor Nintendo was ever willing to put in games.
0: Yeah, yeah. To yeah. this like, day, like with with uh, Nintendo's a
1: little sheepish on that stuff.
0: You know the the easiest example of that is Mortal Kombat. Like we talked yeah. about in the arcade, like Genesis went there. Yeah, you know, I remember Super Nintendo. They made you put in a code to, to be able blood. to unlock the gore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the Genesis had the slogan Genesis does what Nintendo don't. I love that. Yeah, that's clever. And then they had all their their marketing that just had really frenetic visuals and almost like unsettling like it almost looked like a danny boyle filmed uh, like drug trip or something <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely yeah it was like kids on methamphetamines screaming at their televisions in like a weird dark
0: blue tinted room yeah all shaky and <laughs> weird and giant grins Psycho! yeah like have you seen that movie um uh, The Beach with Leonardo DiCaprio? Yes. Yeah, when yeah. when he goes on that weird video game drug trip thing, like that reminds me of Sega Genesis uh marketing.
1: Yeah, they were intense. In which I mean, worked, I guess, you know, little boys love intense. Oh yeah. That was definitely their demographic. Actually, I, I I guess I read they were trying to with some of the more hardcore stuff play to like uh, 25-year-old men, like, you know,
0: young adults. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, leave, leave the kids back with Nintendo from a few years earlier. Yeah. People of that age start having disposable income. I mean, I
1: know I spent probably more money on video games than I ever, you know, ever have yeah. in that period of my life. So it seems like a pretty good market to uh,
0: hit. Yeah, they uh, they burst onto the scene with their 512 color palette and the 61 on screen colors. What?
1: Uh, God damn.
0: They had such hits as uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, Golden Axe, Streets of Rage. Yeah, let's see, they had their oh, geez, Revenge of Shinobi. They put um, they put Altered Beast out uh, the arcade port there.
1: Yeah, they had. Well, the nice thing about being Sega is they had a pretty good library of proprietary games.
0: Yeah, from
1: the arcade days, and they now had a machine that could uh, do do them justice. Yeah, Altered Beast and Golden Axe on the Genesis look pretty damn good. They're yeah. pretty close to what you could get in the arcade
0: yeah and you know genesis to me like i i owned both systems at various points in my life but growing up i was always a sega kid one way or another I always got the Sega system first. I got Genesis before Super Nintendo. I got Saturn before PlayStation. I got the Dreamcast before PlayStation 2. Well,
1: I think all of those came out before the other one. Yes. So I guess you were just, you're just on the cutting edge, Mr. Pants, yeah. pants over here.
0: <laughs> Gotta have the n- best newest thing well and and our off friend Preston, our parents would always work it out to where one of us would get one and one would get the other. So I got Genesis, Preston got Super Nintendo. so I was always able to play both releases that came out. It was pretty great.:
1: That's pretty cool. I had a buddy up the street who just had both of them because I had I owned neither of these systems when I was a kid.: so.
0: Yeah, you were you were saying your your 16-bit experience was a bit limited.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I've gone back and played emulated versions of tons of them, but uh it was it was restricted to playing the games at other people's houses because I didn't own either of the consoles. Yeah. At that point in my life, I either played my fairly newly purchased NES, as we discussed in the last one. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah you got it I late. Got that shit late. I got it like '89, so I got it the same <laughs> year the Genesis came out. And then I I started you know playing PC games more than anything. So yeah, like
0: a fucking nerd. Yep
1: nerding it up on the PC, but, uh, my buddy up the street, it was three boys in their family and they were, it was, it was a video game family. So they had the Genesis, they had the Super Nintendo, they had computer games. So I'd go up there and play, play there all the time.
0: Any, uh, any standout games from that point?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I remember really, really enjoying Jam & Earl. I can't oh, remember shit. much of anything about the game other than the, uh, really weird looking protagonists. And uh, how incredibly nineties it was!
0: Yeah, I'm not sure I ever actually played that game. Like, there's a few games like Toe Jam and Earl, and I think Sam and Max was a Genesis game, and they were they were reasonably big games. And I somehow just they they passed me by. Yeah, Toe Jam and
1: Earl. I, I remember it having a great soundtrack.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's,
1: but uh, I I could not recall any of the songs at this point.
0: Yeah, mind. does one of them throw the other at some point? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I do remember visuals. But you know what's funny? What what comes to mind when I think of Toe Jam and Earl? Mm. The back of a comic book.
1: Yeah. T- totally weird like a uh, stocky-eyed red guy and a big giant orange like orangey guy with dealy bobs on his head.
0: Yeah, yeah, like a like a jello starfish mollusk character. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. So the Genesis, throughout its life, it had various uh, peripherals. There was an add-on Sega CD, where it was one of the earliest CD drives for video games. It boasted, you know, slightly better graphics. It could, like some of the games incorporated video into there, but the uh, the graphics really weren't any better. I never owned one, but I had a buddy that had one, and um, I, it's largely forgettable.
1: Yeah, I I also had a friend that had one, and I remember you'd get like grainy, crappy video in yeah. cutscenes occasionally. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember playing, what was it, Rocket Knight Adventures?
0: Oh, shit. For the CD? Yeah,
1: for Sega CD. Oh,
0: man, I was going to bring that up for the cartridge. And uh, it was an awesome game. Oh, yeah. That
1: game was fucking rad.
0: Yeah, that game was great. And that that's one of the many video games. Well, not one of the many I'm going to talk about. But I mean, that's one of the games where there was a version of it for Genesis and one for Super Nintendo as well. But they're different games. Like for Genesis, it was called Rocket Knight Adventures. And for Super Nintendo, it was called Sparkster. But it was the same character, the same style of play. But they were totally different games. Oh really? Yeah, Rocket Knight Adventure was better in my opinion. I think for for Sparkster they tried to kid it up a little bit and uh make it a little little cooler for for the youngsters.
1: I don't remember it being particularly edgy or anything.
0: No. No, they, I think they just they tried to make it more bright and cartoony. You know, like Sega always had even though they had impressive colors and graphics like it always had a more I don't want to use the word drab because that sounds more negative than I want to be. But they always had more browns and grays and, you know, like like darker tones. You know, Super Mario World is a bright, vibrant game. And Sega didn't do that. Like, even with Sonic, you know, that, that does have bright colors. It still had a lot of grays and golds and not, like, fluorescent primary colors.
1: Yeah, they're not quite as bright and sharp. Yeah. But uh, one thing, I remember when I was younger thinking... That uh, Genesis had more color, Uh even though it totally didn't. No. Like, it had many fewer colors, but I think it was just because uh, it's like the difference in, you know, the presence of color. Like, if you're watching a cartoon versus a picture, like, or like, you know, live action. Yeah. Where there's clearly way more colors in live action, but the cartoon looks more colorful. Because there's, like, larger blocks of monolithic color. Yeah. It makes it feel like there's more color, like a cartoon even though there's considerably less.
0: Yeah. Yep. True story. Because the freaking
1: NES blew the Genesis out of the water when it came to colors. The NES or the Super or NES? The Super NES. Yes. Thank Sorry. you. Super Woo! NES. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. They had
1: over 32,000 colors. Yeah. And could do 256 at a time.
0: Yeah. It, that's nuts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just the benefits of being last.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Genesis do, does it first and someone else does it better or Sega does it first. Someone else does it better. Let's see, real quick, just to finish off the peripherals, they also had the 32X, which claimed to give you a 32-bit graphics uh, system, but if, I, I think it was something similar to the TurboGrafx-16, where it was, there, there's a big asterisk there. And then there was, a, uh, there was a power base, where you could play your Master System games on the Genesis.
1: You know what the cool thing about that is? What's that? All of the Master System hardware was actually built into the Genesis. Yeah. Because like, it was made for backwards compatibility. And you just need the basically the power base just allowed master system cartridges basically act as ROMs.
0: Yeah, it was an adapter. Fucking Sega, I love that company. Let's see, they had the the Menacer light gun, which starting with these systems, it seems like light guns sort of just w- were on their way out. It seemed like it had its heyday with uh with Nintendo. Because I growing up, I don't think I ever even owned a Menacer. But what I did own, the last one I want to talk about is the Sega Activator. That was that weird ring thing, right? Yes, it was a ring that sat on the ground. It was probably like a hexagon. Yeah. And I bought one of these and it came with Eternal Warriors and it was so stupid. Like it <laughs> it was like it was like each button uh okay, so the rings on the ground, you're standing in the middle of it. And it's almost like it's got like sensors that go upward from the ground so you have to like, you know, pass your hand over it to w- essentially press a button. Okay. And it was such an awful piece of shit. It was so hard to navigate. <laughs> and like in the commercials for it, it, it shows you and you're like, you're actually like fighting, you know, like commercials for virtual reality or something. it's like, the, that's not what it's actually like. But I got it. And I'm sitting there like trying to throw punches to to do that shit. And I'm just losing like crazy. And I was good at fighting games. So it was fucking pissed me off. We took it right back.
1: Yeah. I, I remember seeing commercials for that thing, but definitely never,
0: I guess I did know someone that owned it. Didn't, no, no. <laughs> yeah, you you didn't you didn't get a chance to play it. Nobody did. I wasn't gonna let anybody see me lose <laughs> that bad in a fighting game. Um but yeah, I think that's uh that's about all I've got for now on Genesis and the history. Um you wanna take it for Super Nintendo? Uh yeah, sure. So the um
1: the this Super Nintendo came out in nineteen ninety one. So Sega had a, had a solid two years to cement their dominance. Yeah kind of trying to dethrone the NES, and they did a, a pretty good job of that. I think the the Genesis was quite popular in North America. In fact, from what I what I was reading, the folks back in Japan were actually kind of jealous and angry about how successful they were at selling Genesis's Genesai
0: <laughs> in,
1: in North America because they were not doing well in Japan at all. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Oh, they were shit. still getting their asses
1: handed to them by... Um, by Nintendo. And TurboGrafx-16 actually did reasonably well in Japan.
0: Man, other countries are weird sometimes. Like, what was it we were talking about with uh, with the Master System? Was it...
1: In Brazil? Where, yeah, yeah. It lasted yeah. forever?
0: Yeah. Where they're, like, still making games for
1: it. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it just depends on what you buy into, you know? Once you've got that ecosystem, you know, you're not going to go out of it. hmm But, yeah, so they were kind of upset because North America was doing so well because they were killing it and genesis was everywhere yeah um and then big papa nintendo came in dropped their big balls on the table yeah and said uh eat this sega look at this son yeah this is what you fucking get
0: you ain't man of the house (laughs) Nope. (laughs) you only thought you were i was i was just out of town on business
1: i just went out to get cigarettes (laughs) bet you didn't think i'd come back (laughs) but it came out and uh had just the bee's knees like the the SNES is a fantastic piece of hardware. Uh, first of all, it came out with uh, two, you know, new controller conventions that uh, persist to this day. Yet mm-hmm. again, they did the they invented the D-pad and uh, made that ubiquitous with the NES, and then they came out with the shoulder buttons and the four button diamond layout. Yeah, you know, thus increasing the number of buttons uh, over Sega, and just cementing yet another standard in video game controller technology. Oh
0: yeah, I guess to touch on the comparison, yeah, Sega had a uh, they they thought they'd one up Nintendo by putting a third button in that row. So there was an A, a B, and a C. A C, yep. No select button, but there was a start button. And
1: they were sensible enough to put them in alphabetical order.
0: Yeah, yeah, no shit, no no backwards <laughs> weird <laughs> yeah. shit. Not B A. Mhm. And the, the hardware it had
1: on it was just vastly superior. You know, it was two years later. Yeah, the other time. So, other than the CPU, the CPU was actually less powerful than the the one in the Genesis, but it made up for it because everything else was much better. Yeah. So they had uh, like some of the big advantages they had. They had the Mode Seven graphics. They had seven different um, background layers, essentially that could all move and scale and rotate, and like you could do like rotation effects. So that's like like in the like Castlevania and stuff where it's got like the rain and the far background and yep. lightning and like as you move one moves you know has like that parallax effect.
0: Well yeah, yeah, even something as early as uh as Super Mario uh World where where you yeah, you've got the uh the background elements on two different planes so they move at a at a different uh rate as you run across the screen. Totally gives a uh, gives depth.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like it allowed stuff like in in like Mario Kart where you could where the whole map could kind of rotate around and have yeah. like different and still maintain some depth. Give kind of the illusion of 3d,
0: but yeah, also like F zero.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. How, like how it would kind of rotate around when you cross the finish line and like, you'd see the side profile of your car yeah. all of a sudden and shit. Yeah. That was, uh, that was due to the mode seven graphic system they had. They also integrated, which something is also that Sega, I think they might've done it first, but, uh, didn't do it as well. They kind of built in the ability to include extra chips in cartridges to make things better. So it had like a system built into it. So like stuff like Star Fox. Yeah. Yep. Had uh, the Super FX chip built into the cartridge, which allowed it to do a pretty close, you know, rough polygon 3D. Shooting. Oh yeah, it was mind blowing. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Like looking back at it, the graphic they're just they're so plain because it's eating up so much processing power, (laughs) making the 3D thing work. That like the textures are like it's all just blank colors, and you know it's like a freaking the Dire Straits video, (laughs) money for nothing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, or Beverly Hillbillies if you're watching uh, UHF. So
1: it's like it's like a low fidelity version of that, but uh, at the time it was fucking rad. Hey, I still like going and playing it. Yeah. Yeah. The controls are kind of, it it is clunky compared to modern stuff. Yeah. But so they had stuff like that where they had, uh, you know, a system where they could build extra chips in and make stuff better. Sega also tried that with uh, the, they had something called the the Virtua FX or something. Uh, The Sega
0: Virtua Processor. Did that go into like Road Rash and those, those cartridges that were like extra tall? Uh, it did not. I think that might have been the plan, but uh, it went into
1: one game ever. Oh shit! Virtual racer to make it look super cool, but it made the game cost a hundred dollars, which made people not want to buy it.
0: Holy crap! So it did not work. I wonder what that game looks like. I'm gonna look it up while you talk because i I I don't think I've ever heard of that. And like the Virtua naming convention came in a lot more with the with the Saturn.
1: Yeah, yeah, they definitely kept it for like Virtua Fighter and shit. Yeah. So yeah,
0: when they were actually able to
1: achieve that sort of polygon goodness but yeah and then the other huge thing that they had was uh, sound the sound on the super NES was uh, super rad like the Genesis had uh, I think we talked about sound a bit in, in the last one the Genesis had you know six channels and it could do four each of those channels could do four sine waves to like synthesize instruments and shit yeah um, and the NES had like it's dedicated a dedicated processor it was an 8-bit processor with its own dedicated RAM just for sound and so it, you could do pretty complicated sound, and it wouldn't tax the graphics at all. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, and they were able to use, like, teeny little tiny, tiny snippets of, of actual recorded sound to just do some really phenomenal music work.
0: Or voice work, like in Star Fox.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it, and it had eight channels, but it only had, like, the for at any time... All of the sound samples that were being used, you know, for the RAM, because the RAM had sixty four kilobytes of RAM was all.
0: Is that it? Yep. And
1: so that uh that was yeah, all of the little sound samples had to fit into that for any you know, loaded instance. I think they could you know, like one level's worth of sounds could be that. And then when it loads the next level it could dump that RAM and load yeah. more samples from the cart. But yeah, that's really, really small.
0: I don't actually have any perspective on that. You you could say it was, it's it, it, it's like yen to me, you know, where you, you could say it's like 14 billion kilobytes. I'm like, okay, I don't know what that means in, in relation to these.
1: Well, like, so like a, like one megabyte of sound. Like, so like this podcast is usually when we compress it to an MP3, these were waves. So like the raw files for like an hour of wave is what, like a gigabyte?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Roughly.
1: Yeah. And so this is 64, thousandths of that hundred thousands of that?
0: Well yeah, I get how the math works. I just <laughs> very I I I have no way to compute what uh what would be a lot or a little back then. Did
1: that well it was it was a good bit back then. Not uh but not a lot. Yeah. Like it was it was workable obviously cuz they made it work. But yeah, it was uh it's, it was it was nice. Like they and they were the first ones to do like digitized graphics like with uh, Mortal Kombat. They did that where they where they were it was the graphics were based on photos.
0: Well, that's how they did the arcade game too. Like they had, yeah. they had live actors. So did they take stills essentially from the arcade one and sort of map it to uh, to the motions?
1: Yeah, they would. Well, yeah, they digitize the the sprite. They they turn them into sprites. So they digitize them down, but they were able to compress them in ways that they kept a lot more detail. Like Rare developed a way to do it really well. Like Donkey Kong Country, like it almost looks like they're three D modeled. Yes. but they're totally sprites. Like, but they look like they've got like shadow and depth and stuff built into them, but it's all, they're all still 2D sprites. There is no 3D modeling there at all, but they made actual 3D models and then basically sprite them. Oh, cool. And I think Super Mario RPG was the same way where it kind of had oh, that, definitely. that look of the, uh, where they looked like they were, you know, CG renders, but they weren't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I never. I I've never gotten far in that game. I've tried to play that game a couple times, but as we've spoken of before, I'm not a big fan of RPGs, so I I give up fairly quickly.
1: Yeah, I played it a little bit, but I never owned it. So and the thing with an RPG is you kind of have to own it.
0: Yeah, yeah, you need some time yeah, with that's it.
1: It's a time sink. You can't just like play that real quick while you're at a friend's house. You you know play something a little bit more uh,
0: immediate. Now, did you ever did you ever um, play with the Super Scope Six? That was uh, that was a big peripheral for Super Nintendo. It was their light gun. I remember
1: seeing it was it was freaking huge though. It was like a sniper rifle, almost. It, right? it was
0: it was like a bazooka. Yeah, it was yeah. You huge. held it on your shoulder and it had a sight, and you put your hands on top and below. It was amazing. I remember my buddy that had all that stuff
1: had one, but I don't ever remember actually using it. I don't know how many games it was actually used for.
0: Yeah, I, you know, honestly, I only know of two games. I know of like a multi-cart that it came with that had a bunch of just little, essentially carnival games, and then there was one called Battle Clash, where it was this game where, where you're, you're fighting robots, it's like you're, you're driving down the street and shooting out the side of a car, like that's what it looks like. You're, it, oh, so you're, it's like a rail shooter. Yeah, yeah, you're moving sideways, there's a big robot in front of you, and it just takes forever to do anything, and I never got far in the game. And it was cool at the time, but man, I would not want to go back and play it at all.
1: Well, the thing about light guns, like that's the shit's got to be fast paced.
0: Yeah, you you got to Well, and you got to get quick release. You know, like like you need either immediate gratification or immediate loss and try again. Like Duck Hunt. Duck Hunt's perfect. Yeah. Um. Now another peripheral that uh, that Super Nintendo had. Did you ever play uh, Mario Paint?
1: Um. I. Did not, but
0: the uh,
1: I realized recently that the music from that is totally the music that they used on uh, the Wii when you were creating your me. Oh, really? I heard the Mario Paint music. I was like, that is definitely the uh, the Wii me. Music. Oh,
0: that's neat. I had no idea. You know, because I I hadn't even remembered that thing. I didn't have it on my notes or anything until I was just talking peripherals, and I was like, was well, there anything else? And I remember playing that at uh, at Preston's place. And uh, it was like a mouse. It had like a mouse pad. And huh. it was subpar to computers, like even like Microsoft Paint or whatever it was that we were that we were playing when we were kids. So it wasn't really worth your time. It's probably why nobody uh, has stories of it.
1: Honestly, I've never been a huge fan of peripherals because they just don't seem to...
0: Like a controller does a really good
1: job at it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's pretty straightforward. It's no bullshit.
1: Yeah, like I don't. Very rarely does a peripheral actually make anything better. Also, the word "peripheral" is kind of hard to say.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's peripheral.
1: Peripheral.
0: Yeah, oh, like maybe. your peripheral vision.
1: Oh, that sounds right.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's real. At the at the end, well, but there I. There we go. But I've been enjoying listening to you, <laughs> to you say it. In fact, hold peripheral on. is
1: much easier to say.
0: Yeah, let, let's look that up real quick because I don't <laughs> want to sound like, like I don't even like have my a phone on me. Big dumb asshole if I'm wrong.
1: I think yes. it is. I think it's E-R. it's er. Yeah,
0: yeah. Peripheral, relating to or situated the on periphery. the edge or periphery of something. Also, noun is a peripheral device. So it is the same as your peripheral vision,
1: which is weird because I would not say I, I I say them differently. It's
0: weird. You, I would so say you peripheral used, vision,
1: Yeah, but I would say that's a peripheral. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Never noticed that.
0: Hey, we, we, uh, we taught somebody something, I guess, even if it was just ourselves. Yeah, you taught me something. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, and Super Nintendo, a, a really big score they had early on was Street Fighter 2. Because that was such a huge arcade hit, and they scored the license to that before Genesis did, and not only that, they did it better because they had the button capacity to assign every every attack to a button. Even though, because the arcade had six buttons, right? Yes, yeah, three punches, three kicks, and. Unfortunately with the Super Nintendo you had to use the uh, the shoulder buttons as your fierce ones but you could remap it so I would always just have weak and strong on the on the main ones and put the medium up top cuz I never used them.
1: Hey, who the fuck's going what's the point of a medium punch? You either want to like do a quick jab or you want to just knock someone out.
0: Yeah. And with the Genesis, I remember playing it once because they they came out with a Super Street Fighter or I mean not Super Street Fighter 2, um Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition. What? Uh, I think that was the first one where you could play as the bosses maybe although that may have been Super Street Fighter 2 for uh, for Super Nintendo but what you it had Turbo to do or whatever yeah what you had to do was you had to press the start button in order to switch between punches and kicks on the Genesis fuck that it was awful and there was no pause or maybe if you pressed like a combination of buttons, you could pause. But Oh yeah, because there was
1: no select button no. on the
0: Genesis either. It just had
1: the start button.
0: Yeah, it was awful. I remember renting it once as a kid. And man, I remember it plain as day. Because again, I was a Genesis kid, but I loved Street Fighter. And I was so pissed off that Super Nintendo had a really good port of it. And I finally got it. And it was such a pain in the ass to play that I, I never never wanted to do it again.
1: There was those controllers and they might have been third party where they came with six buttons like the turbo buttons on top
0: yeah yeah the turbo controllers would those
1: work as normal buttons or, or for street fighter yes or, um would it just you'd still have to press start and you would just turbo punch
0: yeah no 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 it, it um it did work oh that's good oh i think so i feel like i did it but all of a sudden i started thinking maybe i just uh got mixed up with the saturn controller which had the two rows of three buttons like like the street fighter arcade yeah. And next episode, we will be talking all about that. Oh, boy. I have some fond memories of that machine. So, yeah, Super Nintendo had some some other gems, you know, coming out of their, their Nintendo catalog, where they had classics already in their, in their lifespan, like Zelda. They came out with uh, Link to the Past. Link to
1: the Past, good game.
0: And that, yeah, to me, like, I've still never beaten that game, but I've gotten pretty far in it several times, and then I always have to start over a couple years later. They had Super Metroid. They had the Mega Man X series that yeah. took off from the Mega Mans. I loved that series so much. They had the Star Wars series. Did you ever play any of those? Uh, a couple times. They were tough. Yeah, I, I, they were just like straight platformers. Yes. I,
1: the gameplay, I remember not being anything super fantastic.
0: No. It was just fun because it was Star Wars, and when you could pull out a lightsaber, it was cool.
1: Yeah. And yeah, they had Castlevania Four with the
0: Wiggly Whip. Yeah, yeah, where you could hold down the button and move it around.
1: I'm not sure what that was meant to represent in real life.
0: Yeah, you definitely can't do that. And with a nor would you. <laughs> it would have I never, mean, like I guess I guess you could you could just stand there and yeah just just waggle your arm around. Yeah, you're certainly not going to hurt anything. No, you're not going <laughs> to kill any any bats or Medusa heads with it. Um, and they also had Contra Three Alien Wars. Yeah. So. I want to talk to you about each system having their own continuation from Nintendo series, like those two games, and how much they differed. So, Castlevania 4, or Super Castlevania 4, and Contra 3 Alien Wars, which ironically wasn't a Super Contra, because they already did Super C. They
1: Kind of, yeah, jumped the gun on that
0: one. Yeah. Uh, um, they uh, Those were much more traditional continuations from the series. Like, Contra 3 is... Uh, a fantastic Contra game. You know, they they took the original core concept, gave you the ability to carry bombs, carry multiple weapons. You know, they brought it to the to the next level with the Super Nintendo graphics and the the different layers, like we were talking about with the background. Same thing with Castlevania; it felt like a Castlevania game, yeah, just beefier. But then you have uh, Genesis, where they had Castlevania Bloodlines, and then they had Contra Hardcore. Did you ever play either of those? I played Bloodlines.
1: I I I played an emulated version of Hardcore at least a couple times. Yeah. Uh, but I, I did not I don't have the experience I had with the Super Nintendo ones.
0: So Bloodlines was weird because you could pick a, you could pick two different characters. But there there was a whip guy and then there was like a like a religious guy that had a staff.
1: Yeah, it, like it was more like of a, a monk
0: character. Yeah. I feel like one was named like John Morris or something. That a terrible name for a Castlevania. <laughs> but I don't think there was an actual Belmont, unless I'm wrong. Maybe one of them was a Belmont, and then the other one was something else. And then with Contra Hardcore, you could choose between several characters, one of which was a wolf. A wolf? I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Yeah, you could be a wolf that, he may have even had like a robot arm or some shit, and I think he wore sunglasses.
1: That sounds super nineties. <laughs> yeah, it was so nineties,
0: <laughs> and it was kind of like the the Sega method, like with their marketing and everything. They're just they're just going to be extreme about it.
1: Wait, wait, was it like a werewolf
0: or like a walk on all fours wolf? Okay, no, it, it was a like man wolf. Okay, that 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 yeah. sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, he he carried a gun.
1: I mean, why would you pick anyone else? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the clear choice yeah you got a wolf with sunglasses and a robot arm and a gun I mean fuck I don't, I don't even know why they bothered putting other characters in the game
0: yeah no kidding okay so I got it here the Castlevania Bloodlines characters were, there was John Morris he was the, the whip carrying one and then the other guy was his best friend Eric Lacard.: oh yeah it sounds
1: almost like Alucard
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. No shit. Had Alucard appeared yet in Castlevania? Yeah, he
1: was in he, uh, was in. he was in three. Three, right? He was the other. He was the yeah.
0: One of your Switcheroo dudes. Yeah. Was he Dracula's son then? Still. I would imagine so. I mean, I don't know if they went into that much detail of. Yeah, the I played the shit out of that game.
1: Don't really remember the plot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there really was one.
0: And then a a couple other games that that had comparisons. Like, we already talked about uh, Rocket Knight and Sparkster. There was Ghouls and Ghosts uh, for Genesis. And then the Super Nintendo counterpart, Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Because that's what they did.
1: Yeah, everything was super for Super Nintendo.
0: Yeah. Those games, like, I... I played the super Nintendo one a whole lot, but those ones are so fucking hard, but I, I preferred the super Nintendo one to the Genesis one. It was, it was smoother. It played really well until you got too many guys on screen.
1: Yeah. I was, I was definitely more partial to the super NES. Like that was my, that was who I picked. That was the side. I chose side Nintendo. Yeah. I was was on team Nintendo when I was a kid. I think a lot of people did. Um, but Partly because uh it was better, so there's <laughs> that. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh partly because uh I don't like Sonic. Oh, you son of a bitch. Sonic not compelling, not fun. What the fuck is wrong with you? It's it goes against every bit of my video game nature to play Sonic. I'm I'm like a turbo completist, and so the idea that I should be running through this level and skipping all these side paths really fast. Just just rubs me the wrong way. Well, you don't have to
0: just run through. You have you ever
1: th- tried to play Sonic as a completist, where you try and go every path and get everything? Can't fucking do it. Like you go down one way, you can't go back. You have to play the level over again. Mm, yeah, I I guess. I mean, okay. I, young me, kid me, did not appreciate that. That's not what I liked doing.
0: I think there's a gray area between the two because, like, you can't just run through it. Eventually, you're just going to start dying because the levels get more complicated. Like the first stages are definitely geared more towards speed and just like, okay, we're gonna put a limited number of guys just just run, but later on there's there's a lot of problem solving that goes into those levels and a lot of patience
1: yeah there's there was just too many branching paths where you I don't know like I said my inner it just it irritated me and uh I don't know, I just never got into Sonic, never really liked it, never identified with the character, and that was kind of their iconic jam.
0: oh man, I loved Sonic there's the Sonic Mario fight. There's uh let's see, there's Streets of Rage versus games like Final Fight. Do you have a preference on those? Um, I, I no.
1: Just because I well, I mean, I played Streets of Rage a lot. Yeah. Did not play Final Fight much,
0: so Yeah, and I guess there was only the one Final Fight back then, but I was a big fan of Final Fight as a kid. So despite being a Sega kid, Streets of Rage wasn't exactly for me. Let's see, they had uh they had Fantasy Star for Genesis versus Final Fantasy for Nintendo.
1: Oh yeah, I'm clearly in the Final Fantasy camp. There,
0: I think most people are. I think there are some very loyal Fantasy Star people. I never played it, but I bet
1: it's good. I mean, yeah, I'm sure it's great. Uh, I'm definitely Final Fantasy is, is one of my jams, though. Yeah, I got a lot of good memories with it, and I'm familiar with the universe. I I played a lot of Final Fantasy. Yeah, I remember on the Super Nintendo, I went over to a like on a sleepover birthday party. Oh yeah, and uh, I had to go to like Boy Scout camp the next day and uh, we stayed up all night playing final fantasy.
0: I remember that. I didn't play it at all. I was just eating pizza and hanging out with everybody.
1: Well, just because like it's a one player game.
0: Like we were like taking turns and
1: trading off and yelling at each other, but like it's not a co-op, you know, cooperative no. get your friends and play it together kind of game. But it was uh, mesmerizing and I remember being really upset like we'd gotten gotten pretty damn close to the end by the morning time when I when I was
0: Due to be picked up, and uh,
1: but it, we gotten pretty damn far, and uh, I had to go, and I was really bummed about it.
0: All I really remember about that game was seeing that the characters were on a flying ship, which is not uncommon. But I remember seeing a character with hair that looked like Guile from Street Fighter Two. Oh yeah, that that weird like bursting out flat top.
1: Yeah, that was the he uh, was like the fighter
0: ninja guy. Can't remember his name. Yep, and that's that's my Final Fantasy.
1: They'd have names, but you could rename them. And, and being children, they were always renamed like butt
0: and fuck. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When we were kids, whenever there was a a three a three letter you know high score name, I was always PNS. Yep.
1: <laughs> uh potty humor.
0: Yep. Yeah. My name. My name in every Final Fantasy
1: game I've ever played, with the exception of the online ones where they don't let you, has been fucka
0: you. Oh yeah, I remember that. Um. So what do you think? You want to go take a little break? Yeah, seems like a good time to do that all right let's do that um enjoy this commercial folks we'll be right back young bobby angles has a problem he needs to earn the respect of his peers so he gets the special sega genesis fighting system it comes with streets of rage too he saves 40 dollars he gets more moves he gets more control now things are pretty much okay I said chocolate chip say it say it continue yes Pre- i pressed start all right hey ben what's up john long time no here yeah welcome back so let's uh let's take a step away from our discussion of the video games themselves in uh, such a specific granular fashion and let's talk about our first impressions. Do you have a first impression, your first experience with 16-bit gaming? I don't have a specific memory of
1: any event, but I'm I'm certain... From your entire life? Yes, from anything that's ever <laughs> happened to me. It's, it's all just a blur. <laughs> but I am absolutely certain that it occurred at my friend's house up the street. This is definitely where either my first encounter with Genesis or Super Nintendo occurred. This is the the same friend I've mentioned in the past with uh who subscribed to Nintendo Power and Playboy's. Yeah. It was it was a rad house. We had a lot of fun. Uh he was like three houses up the street. Yeah, going there and playing I remember playing like Star Fox and for a long time his little brother's nickname for my then girlfriend now wife was Andros. Oh fuck yeah!
0: Because
1: yeah. <laughs> she was like the nemesis.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great.
1: But yeah, so nothing—no uh, sort of real pivotal developmental.
0: No, like oh, this moment changed my life. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Which I guess not owning it—I guess that that goes with the territory. I was kind of, you know, at at arm's length with consoles at that point, other than playing my NES and occasionally playing cool
0: shit at friends' houses. Well, despite not owning it, I did have a moment that changed my life. I I remember it clear as day. Um, it was Christmas, it must have been '91, because it was, uh, or no, not '91. Sorry, '89, uh, because it was brand new. I had gotten some uh, some rollerblades for Christmas, my first pair of rollerblades, and I was like, I'm gonna blade up to my buddy's place up the street. Yeah, you know, he was probably ten houses away. That's the place where I where I first saw. Uh, Terminator two, my first rated R movie. I watched a lot of rated R movies there without my parents knowing it the same house where you went to drink brandy. No, 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 no. That, that was a different one. A terrible influence. <laughs> these guys are no. And I walked in there because people were hanging out, but they had gotten a Sega Genesis. And they had a big screen TV and you know, one of those big, big ass. 32 two inch big screen yeah. TV. <laughs> those giant monstrosities, <laughs> which was great for, for watching rated R movies also. I looked at, uh, at Sonic the Hedgehog. In fact, I'm just going to mix my one word review into this. And it was mind blowing. Was Sonic the Hedgehog out in 89? Sonic the Hedgehog was their launch game. I thought Altered Beast was their launch game. And they, they switched to Sonic thereafter.
1: His altered beast wasn't doing that great.
0: Maybe it was 1990, hmm. but that was the the game that they were playing. I mean, when I bought my Genesis, that was definitely the launch game. But um, I mean, yeah, I could be wrong. But seeing all those colors, seeing the graphics, like like if you went back and looked at Sonic the Hedgehog, like it was not flat. Like even Mario World was. It was more akin to. Like you were saying with Donkey Kong Country, like the the simulated three D where there's shading on there.
1: Oh yeah, and yeah, like the rings the, looked round, you know, like like they had curvature to them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, and the levels had the same you know multi layered parallaxing uh, background effect, and just the speed with which you uh, you run through those games. It was it fucking blew my mind. It was amazing. I loved it to this day. I love the shit out of Sonic the Hedgehog. That's why I was so shocked. And there's, no, no, there's no accounting for taste. So Yeah, I, I agree. You've got a horrible taste. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but yeah, do you have a one-word review for, uh, for 16-bit gaming? Yeah, definitely.
1: My one-word review is Pixel Perfect. Ah. Like these days, pixel art's kind of seen a resurgence, kind of the retro resurgence with stuff like you know, Shovel Knight and every indie game that exists, essentially. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's freaking huge. But this was the generation that, you know, it was the last pixel art generation to be the height of technology, at least. And they just got it freaking right. Like some of the, especially on the Super Nintendo, where like some of the Final Fantasy backgrounds and stuff and the things going on, it just looks freaking great for a 2D pixel art game. Like they've got pixel video games perfected. And then we move on to polygons. Probably the reason that it has a resurgence is because people, there's like a spot for that. There is a low, you know, a, a part inside e view that says this looks awesome. And especially for platformers, like 3D platformers, yeah, I guess they're okay, but they don't need to be 3D. And yeah. it's a lot easier to develop pixelated
0: sprites than it is 3D rendering. Well, and it's fun seeing new properties or properties that existed back then that have moved. Beyond pixels, like for them to do a retro thing and go back to pixels,
1: yeah, I know there's a cool game on uh, that I, I'm playing through on Android right now called uh, Evoland. It's like an old RPG that kind of goes through all the stages of video game history. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Oh, neat. It's like you start out and it's like you know you don't have any music and it's all grayscale and or, you know green scale. Yeah, I guess, and like you get as you get power ups and stuff, things get more complicated, and then it gets pixel art and better music, and then it goes 3D,
0: and that's pretty cool. Kind of goes through a bunch of different conventions.
1: Yeah, it's, it's I mean, it's kind of gimmicky, but it's fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I was I was looking at uh, the Instagram of uh, this comic artist I I really like named uh, Sean Murphy. I think he's Sean Gordon Murphy on Instagram. Um, and he's doing this Batman series, and I don't know if he did it. I, I think somebody else did it for him. Like they did like a a little story narration for a new Batman series that that's coming out. That was really reminiscent of like the Ninja Gaiden cutscenes. So it, it's super, you know, just like pixel characters. But they're you know doing the little mouth movements and shit, and there's a uh, there's text that you read along. It was really cool. That's that's a little little retro thing that jumped out at me. It was like a video they made. Yes. Yeah. Oh, cool. Like the Final Fantasy
1: era RPG, like that still has a huge like. There's people that make those still. Like if you get RPG Maker, it's a game that, or like a platform that makes it easy to make your own RPGs. It's it's easy. all that kind of isometric pixel art stuff and there's just a shit ton of stuff out there you can do with that and i've played a couple um i think to the moon was one of them mm-hmm. a couple uh like you know just homemade rpgs that people have made with that and uh they're super fun like it's it's i don't know it's just holds a place in my heart
0: yeah it, may, it makes you feel all all fuzzy and happy
1: part of me is like oh everyone's always obsessed with graphics and not caring about gameplay and you know, you can have great gameplay with shitty graphics, and it's or you know older graphics at least, and it's still great. But uh, they cared a fuck of a lot about graphics back then too. Like, yeah, that just happened to be the pinnacle of video game graphics. <laughs> graphics were a huge fucking deal back then. Also,
0: you know, I know this is totally out of order, and we've already moved past it. But I forgot that there was one game that I wanted to talk about, and it, it reminded me, or you reminded me of it with the uh, the isometric and the you know the top down walking around. But the the game that was uh that was on both Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis, I love this fucking game. It was Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Oh, I remember that game. Holy shit! Yeah. It had such a great soundtrack. Um, you're these two characters. They have squirt guns, and zombies are going around killing people. And you got to walk around these levels and find people and save them before zombies kill them, or mummies, or killer dolls, or giants, or it, it, fucking. Uh, chainsaw wielding maniacs I like, i love that game so much and i don't think i've ever beaten it but um let's download it and let's play it and let's beat it yeah fuck yeah why not all right sorry about that tangent so it's been a little while ben since i did a little ranking list Ah, oh, i thought you'd
1: forgotten about it
0: i know I, I i had actually until until today i was looking at our show note structure and i was like oh yeah remember those this is going to be a quick little little list of uh 16-bit characters that I want to punch in the face. It's just a top three. Take that. All right. Number three is the chicken from Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past. Well, you gotta be careful. Fuck those fucking chickens. They'll, They'll fuck you up. It, yeah, well, I'll I'll run away eventually, and I'll yeah, come t- back and whack t- them again. <laughs> Don't punch them when their friends are around. Yeah. And then also honorable mention in that uh, in that game as well is that motherfucker that runs away from you that you eventually have to get those like, uh, do you, is that what you get like the speed boots for it or something? They're in the town and they're there when they see you coming, they oh, yeah, they, they take off. Yeah, you just
1: see them, yeah,
0: book it. Yeah. Um, and then number two on my list are those little things fucking thieving ass gnomes in golden axe. Oh, yeah, always coming after your potions and your loot. Yeah, and uh, so you're you're asleep between levels, it's nighttime, there's a campfire. They come and check your shit and then you have to run around kicking them and knocking food and potion out of them. Sometimes you end up with less, sometimes you end up with more. Now, I don't think you ever get more, but at least you can get some grub out of it sometimes. Those little fuckers. wee. You should we at least get be able to get some like no meat out of it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. If you could kick it into the fire, it starts running around <laughs> flaming. And number one, any Genesis fan knows all about this. You might not, because you're not a big fan of the series. I'm talking about a little character named Miles Prower.
1: Miles Prower? That's a very mundane
0: name. Yeah. Is that Sonic's real name? You might also know him as. Tails. Oh yeah, fuck Tails from Sonic Two. That son of a bitch. He's this little, this little. Uh, I think he's a fox or a dog. I think he's a fox. He's got two tails. He's a tails. fox with two tails. Yeah, yeah that's, and that's, he can right. use it as a helicopter. He just, he just follows you around, and he, he he can even die, and then he'll just helicopter back in. Did he serve any purpose in that game at all? None at other all. than to eat up resources, I suppose. <laughs> I guess if you're, if you're fighting a boss, if you are if you're jumping at something and he's like mimicking you and he's jumping as well, he can hit the boss. So there is that, but I'm never like timing what I'm doing to make tails hit somebody. If anything, I'm running to the edge of a cliff real quick and then stopping. So, so tails will run off the cliff.
1: Probably why they made him able to fly with his stupid helicopter yeah, that tail, son of a
0: bitch. But there, there was a um in Sonic Two. There was a mode where you could do a little race. It was like a split screen race in a level where one of one of you is Tails. But I'm pretty sure you could uh, you could take Tails out if you wanted to. Could you
1: play co op with Tails? Like if you had another person, like would no. the second
0: player be Tails? No, because that
1: seems like that would be better.
0: Yeah, it would be cool whoa, I wonder if something like that did exist and I just never knew it. But I think it'd be hard. Like, like, the person would have to relinquish control of the screen. Unless you did split screen, I guess. But I I know they didn't do split screen, like split screen actual was, story mode.
1: And the Split screen wasn't that big in this era at all.
0: No. Just like Mario Kart. Yeah.
1: The, the ability to render two completely different viewpoints was, was still a bit tough. Yeah. For the hardware.
0: Yeah, well, um, you know, let me let me look through this list here. I feel like there's some some other games that deserve mention. See, so, yeah, and and I know some games were really super big that I never played, like um your your RPGs for Super Nintendo like uh Chrono Trigger.
1: Oh yeah, Chrono Trigger was good.
0: Yeah, you you played that one?
1: Yeah, I played it uh, you know, after the fact. Like most of my experience playing these games was playing them on emulators. Oh yeah, that's on. right. But yeah, I I got through like half of Chrono Trigger. It was pretty fun.
0: Yeah, it it's always been highly regarded on lists I've seen and whatnot. Um, there was Earthbound. Never ever played that. It's got like the little dude with the hat. Yeah, the only reason I know that his name is Ness is from Smash Brothers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I had one friend who who I watched play that for a little while, but yeah, you know, like we talked about earlier with that birthday party, like watching somebody play an RPG is not great. There was also uh, Secret of Mana, or Mana.
1: Yeah, I never played that either. I do remember seeing a really cool poster that came out of a Nintendo Power on his wall for that oh, game. Oh, cool. And I'm thinking, like, I want to play that game. Never got around to it.
0: I want to go there. Um, let's see. One game that uh, that was super, super great on both systems, and it was the same game both ways, was Earthworm Jim. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, that series. Plasma. Yeah. What did he say, like? way cool yeah
1: earthworm gym was solid I, yeah i played the hell out of that game you like take yourself out of your weird suit and like use yourself as a lasso and yeah swing and shit and you had your yeah. big old ray
0: gun yeah you're an earthworm that finds a space suit and it's all buff and and the, the game is just super cartoony and wacky like that is so right in our wheelhouse
1: yeah that was a great game i love uh, there was a, like a spinoff cartoon for that wasn't there
0: yeah yeah, and I do not remember much of it at all. No, I just I remember, remember it existed. Ex- yes, exactly. <laughs> that um yeah, that, there was that super sexy princess chick with like striped legs.
1: Yeah. I mean um, that was
0: the, that was the early 90s where they would literally make a kids
1: cartoon out of anything. Yeah. We they had like the Hammer Time the Hammer what was the what was the MC Hammer cartoon Oh yeah,
0: called? yeah, yeah. We had the talking- was it Hammer Time? Maybe? I just remember seeing him, like, floating down from the sky with his of pants he had all parachute big. parachute pants, and he had his talking shoes. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> musical notes would come out of him when he was <laughs> floating. Like,
1: what the fuck? They made, they, yeah, they made a Saturday morning cartoon of the Toxic Avenger.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, New Kids on the Block, I think, had one. Yeah. No, they at least had a comic book. They would make a cartoon out of pretty much anything. Well, and I remember um, in Earthworm Jim 2... There was like a bonus game between levels where you would bounce you you were holding like a giant marshmallow and you would bounce puppies on it and you would have to like bounce them over to to one like like the the bad guy the crow face guy would like throw the puppies and you'd have to catch them and bounce them and juggle them over to the other side so they'd be safe otherwise they would splat on the ground with this sickly just <laughs> noise and oh it was so great. <laughs> uh, yeah, fucking lifting pigs. i would totally forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah that, oh,
1: that's a good game.
0: Yeah, so I guess those were some uh, some honorable mentions. Summing it up, like I know I've always loved this era. You know, this w- this was the perfect video game time for us. But it wasn't until you said "pixel perfect" as your one word review that it really did kind of stand out. Like this was this was the heyday. Like this is where most of my my fond video game memories come from so thank you very much sega and nintendo for producing these systems because it was it was a really good time super mario world just rocked all my senses like that is probably my favorite mario game as much as we love mario 2 i think if i had to play one game forever it might be mario world just because there's it's so big
1: yeah super mario world solid. i'm (laughs) not I don't like Yoshi
0: much. Yeah, he's okay in that game,
1: but character of Yoshi, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> How do you make that noise?
0: Jeez, eating people and <laughs> pooping out eggs and uh, shooting fireballs. Yeah, well, that that part's kind of. Cool. Well, Yoshi's great because if you're ever falling off a cliff, you yeah, can just s- jump s- off and sacrifice. The yeah, poor send, him, send him to his death. Um, but yeah, you know, I, the, the, it was a a great, great time in my life was uh was the genesis and the super nintendo and i think that's why that's why it uh it endures so much like when we're playing emulated games like i always go back to super nintendo or genesis or when there when there was that craze over the last you know 15 20 years it would come in waves where all of a sudden people were just buying old consoles retro consoles and Super Nintendo was a huge one. I've probably bought a Super Nintendo like three or four different times in my life, just because I'm in the mood to play it. So God bless him. I've never ever owned one. Oh wow. Yeah, I, mean, I guess you 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 were on the uh, the emulation game yeah. long before I was. Yep. Yeah, I got to bring that Raspberry Pi over, and we need to hook that shit up.
1: Yeah, jam out on some Super Nintendo games. Yeah,
0: or Genesis. <sighs> Make you love Sonic.
1: Yeah, good luck with that.
0: I'm gonna tape your eyeball or your eyelids open, just drip water on your eyeballs. Clockwork orange style. Exactly. You will love Sonic.
1: I think they did that to make him hate something, not like it. Well, that's fiction. This is reality. <laughs> you get enough Sonic and you love it.
0: Yeah. Oh, sorry, real quick, just to touch on another reason why I love Sonic is the music. Sonic does have good music. I had the uh, first level theme song stuck in my head
1: for like 20 minutes today, just yeah. thinking about this podcast.
0: Was it the... the yeah. yeah, totally. Oh man, I hope that gets stuck in my head. Yeah, the that's yeah, uh, a solid jam. What is it? I think it's Casino Night Zone. That one has a has a great theme. And there were rumors that I believe were confirmed that in uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 3, Michael Jackson was uh, helping to produce the music. And I think it's actually the the Casino Night Zone song that I'm thinking of from the first one or the second one. It sounds a lot like Michael Jackson's uh, Another Part of Me. Why would that be a rumor? Like, if you're going to go through the trouble
1: of getting Michael Jackson to help produce your music, that's not a rumor. That's something you shout from on high
0: unless he's going through child molestation trials
1: he's always going through child molestation <laughs> trials <laughs> he's he's been dead for years and he's, st- yeah, he's yeah. going through one right now exactly he's still getting <laughs> bugged about it
0: yeah but i well and i i think the relationship ended before everything was done so i think it's kind of like michael jackson working with freddie mercury where it's like oh yeah it, it was happening but it never really came to fruition hmm. Even though one song was released from that and it's pretty good.
1: It's like Super Nintendo Genesis, my experience is is almost entirely after the fact. But uh it's it's got a load of solid games. Like Sonic. Yeah, well. I'm trying I'm trying to talk good about these systems right now, Chad. <laughs> but yeah, it's got a it's got a load of good games. It's solidly something. <laughs> it sure is. I don't know. You kind of covered it. Like I don't have a lot of uh, history with these systems, other than just kind of playing the games over the years and enjoying them. So uh, they're great. I agree with what you said. They're good. Yeah. I don't, I don't really have
0: anything except the Sonic thing, and that, that's
1: it. that's all right. Hey, they can't all be winners. Yeah. You know, some of them, some of them have to be big, blue, hairy turds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, great. Hey, this this was a really fun talk. I'm I'm actually uh, kind of surprised at I'm surprised at how much I enjoyed talking to you about this stuff. <laughs> Are you su- you surprised because you
1: enjoyed talking to me or the, su- the subject
0: matter? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like it's
1: been a real chore doing this podcast <laughs> the last
0: few months. A but Few just, months, man. We're we're I I think we've been going for like nine months now. Oh, I was just assuming you enjoyed it for a little while. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, folks, for eating your chili dogs and strapping on your red shoes and speeding through this episode with us. If you want to let us know how we did today. Um, Or also, if you want to let us know uh, a topic you'd like to hear, you can email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. We are on the social medias. We've got a Facebook page, Geeksploration the podcast. Um, We're on Instagram at Geeksploration podcast and Twitter. uh, at Geek Explore Pod.
1: And if you enjoyed the show, I'd really appreciate you giving us a 5-coin review on Apple Podcasts. Definitely not a 5-ring review. We don't Fucker. want those fucking things. I was going to suggest can keep that. those to your damn self.
0: Hey, shut up for a second. We actually uh, we've got a review from one of our loyal listeners, uh, Devin C. Woo! Yeah. She says to us, "I've listened to every episode of Geek Exploration." Exclamation point. That is an achievement. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, gold star. I may not know about all the things you two discuss, but I still really enjoy it. Five stars. Thank you very much, Devin. We uh, super appreciate your uh, your regular listenership and your review. Yeah, did she give us five stars? Um, She said five stars. Well, that's enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that counts. Yeah,
0: so somebody's at least feeling five stars about us. Well, cool. Well, if
1: uh, Devin, you, or anyone else wants to... Uh... Go on and uh, go on to geeksplorationpodcast.com. You can subscribe and get notified when new episodes drop. Our theme song is "Cruising for Goblins by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com.
0: Remember you, all your base are belong to us.